0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. Well, the Warriors lost to the Brooklyn Nets in KD's first return to the Bay Area since leaving after tearing his Achilles in the 2019 NBA Finals. When he left, this is not how anyone imagined his return would be in the middle of a pandemic with an empty Chase center, but so it goes. Yeah, the Warriors, they just got beat in this game. Uh, They're not at the level of the Brooklyn Nets in terms of talent when you have Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and basically the Warriors only have Stephen Curry, at least on the offensive end. The Warriors shot. Nine for 34 from three-point land. And that's just not going to cut it. They got out-rebounded and the poor shooting, especially Steph. He had his streak of, I think, maybe 14 games of hitting four three-pointers or more in a game. That ended, I believe he was two for nine. If you don't have Steph, (laughs) you're not going to win. If you don't have him hitting at a really, really, really solid MVP level. Basically it was one star versus three. The Nets superior talent eventually just kinda won over. But I guess on the bright side, to be honest, it never felt like the Warriors were getting blown out the way they got blown out in the first game of the season. In that first game, they just looked completely overmatched in terms of talent, just chemistry, whatever. And in this game, the Warriors were down three at the 152 mark of the first quarter, it was 29-26. And then the Warriors just started missing shots. The Nets started hitting shots. And then they ended the quarter down by nine. And it just kind of kept going from there. So you could say that the Warriors have made strides, but they're not good enough to keep up. They just kept fading and fading and fading. Whereas in the first game, they just were blown out from the outset. This one felt like, again, they just didn't have their A game and they had to bring their A game to compete. They kind of brought their B minus C plus game or something. But this is where the Warriors are. They are one of those teams with a singular star. And if he doesn't play at at an optimum level, you just are not going to win the game. That's basically it. That's what happened. But beyond that hey, there were some good things. Let's all be happy that Draymond Green, after he went down with that knee problem that he came back in the second half, he started the second half, he said the knee locked up. I guess that's something that happens to him relatively often. I don't know the medical, technical term for a locked up knee, but hey, he came back, he says he's going to play, and he's going to keep playing, so there. I'll be honest. Like When he went down, I was like, whoa, is that the season, I actually had visions. And not that I wanted Draymond to be hurt for the season. Definitely not. But I was like, well, let me look on the bright side. I started thinking about, oh, Cade Cunningham. Or can James Wiseman and Evan Mobley play next to each other as two really, really young seven-footers? And so, yeah, I mean, that's where my mind went. It's funny, like, after the game, I'm assuming, like, the environment of this vast empty chase center. Like, you know, no one's there. And so there's no pressure of a crowd like screaming at you and yelling at you. And I don't know if it feels like more intimate for the players or whatever, but after the game, when Katie went over to the Warriors bench and said, what's up to clay and Steph and Draymond and all the other folks he knew, I wonder like if this were a regular game in the sense that there were fans, if That all would have happened behind the scenes, you know, like in the locker room or or away from the crowds. But, you know, it was cool to see. And maybe it was kind of more of a uh, behind the scenes view of how these guys react to each other and like, you know, say what's up and uh, dap each other up and catch up and all that jazz. After all, like the perceived drama and hyped up drama, which was just clearly overblown to a large extent. It's good to see that people have moved on. And I'm super happy for uh, KD to see that he's back to who he was before. I've said this from the very, very start of this season, that if it's not going to be the Warriors to win the NBA Finals, I want the New Jersey... (laughs) I want the Brooklyn Nets. And I still want the Brooklyn Nets, even if they have James Harden. And yes, my disdain for longtime warrior enemies, James Harden and Kyrie Irving, is definitely supplanted by my appreciation for Kevin Durant and my desire to see him achieve something with the new team. Like the dude is just a good dude, right? All the chatter all the you know piss and vinegar all the vitriol that you hear on twitter or that you hear from talking head pundits you know on tv trying to get ratings all that jazz whatever man katie seems like a good dude and he came to the warriors to try something new spent three years helped give us two championships gave us his achilles <laughs> and then decided to move on how can you be mad at that If you love the fact that he left OKC to come to Golden State, how can you be mad that he left Golden State to go to the Nets? It just don't make sense. James Harden, he didn't shoot as much, and the dude had 16 assists. I'm like, wow, I had no idea. It didn't really feel like it. And it's crazy, though, because at the end of the game, he busted out a few of his tricks. You know, he got in his bag and did a couple of step-back threes. And I'm like, ah, yeah, that guy... The fact that he just has that and he didn't even pull it out until the very end of the game or just sporadically throughout. If they wanted to, they could have thoroughly drubbed this Warriors team that was having such a bad shooting night. But man, I wish I wish uh, fans were there. I mean, everybody does, I'm sure. Just because like KD and then two of the Warriors' greatest enemies during the Dynasty, that would have been pretty intense. I mean, that would have been goddamn awesome to see. You're listening to the Oakland Warriors podcast. Do you know Oakland Warriors is a website too? OaklandWarriors.com offers a collection of Warriors t-shirts that are comfy, classy, and cool. Fit for a real Warriors fan like you. Forget basic tees and boring designs. With Oakland Warriors, you can show your team pride with those in the know. I have a shirt from OaklandWarriors.com. It's comfy and soft, and it reps the dubs in a low-key, fun way. Don't believe me? Check out oaklandwarriors.com and use the code PODCAST at checkout for a 10% discount. And you know what I remembered during the game? It's crazy because when they broke ground on the Chase Center, you know, there was that photo shoot with all like the Warriors execs and Steve Kerr and Rick Welts and probably Bob Myers and Joe Lacob, I'm guessing. But, you know, KD was the one Warriors player representing the the team. You know, he had on his hard hat and all that jazz, and they did the the shoveling, the ceremonial shoveling. You know, like, it wasn't Steph. Steph wasn't there. But it's crazy to think, like, he was there. Yeah, it's all pomp and circumstance just for show and optics and trying to make KD feel like he's part of the future and part of the team back then. But, you know, well, that didn't work. (laughs) He left anyway. (laughs) And now he's finally playing in this arena, but as a part of a Brooklyn juggernaut. He said after the game that he talks to Clay Thompson pretty often. And that makes me feel good because KD looks pretty good after his Achilles. And we're all hoping that Clay comes back the same way. And it would be really, really good if Clay was constantly talking to Kevin Durant to get tips on how to get better, how to train, how to rehab, what it feels like, you know, the things to think about, all that jazz. I mean, those two dudes probably have a very, very interesting bond in the sense that KD went down game five against the Raptors. Clay went down game six with the uh, ACL, and they were both out for a year. And then Clay gets the same injury that KD had. If there's a barometer, then hey, KD is a good one. Proof positive that you can come back pretty much all the way from an Achilles. I mean, it's hard to say. I don't watch Kevin Durant every game. But if he's second or third in scoring and he can lead this team to the promised land, then that's pretty much all the way back to me. Granted, the nets have their own problems in terms of figuring out their flow, figuring out their defense. Seems like Kyrie Irving is going to be the off guard and James Harden is usually going to run point. I mean, all those guys can initiate the offense and pass and all that jazz and score. But Hey, if they're deciding it that way, then cool. Maybe they'll get into a rhythm. I, really, really hope to see them in the NBA finals. If it's the Clippers, I feel like when the Warriors played the Raptors, we were robbed of seeing KD versus Kawhi. And so this way we would get to see that. If it's the Lakers, of course, we see LeBron versus Kevin Durant again. We see Kyrie versus LeBron, his old teammate. (laughs) And we see James Harden in the finals. I'm pretty sure that's what the NBA wants. They don't want Giannis. They don't want the Miami Heat. They don't want the Boston Celtics. They wouldn't mind the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm sure. But the Nets, Lakers, that star power, I mean, that would be something else. So another thing to note is that the Warriors once again failed to win three games in a row. They have not won three games in a row all season. This was probably like their toughest opportunity to get that third win. There have been other games where they just kind of coughed it up and didn't play well. Maybe it was the second night of a back-to-back, whatever. But looking at the schedule for what we have at this point, they haven't released the second half of the NBA season this year. They have an opportunity coming up. They play Cleveland, Miami, Orlando, Charlotte, New York, and Indiana. Okay, so they play Cleveland at home, Miami, who is struggling, at home. Then they go to Orlando and play the Magic, who are missing at least three of their best players for a long time. They could win the three next games. After that, let's hypothetically say they lose to Miami. They could beat Orlando. They could beat Charlotte. I mean, yeah, definitely they could beat Charlotte. And then they play the Knicks. All on the road, but all winnable games. Again, the Knicks beat the Warriors at Chase Center just a couple weeks ago, but they're not that good. (laughs) That was one of the games the Warriors just coughed up After New York and then Indiana, there's Charlotte at home, the Lakers, Portland, and Phoenix. And those are all away. Lakers in LA, Portland in Portland, and Phoenix in Arizona. Those games are going to be a little bit tougher. And that's where the current schedule ends. So there is a window in the next maybe five, maybe six games where they can string together three. Although that doesn't really mean anything like, oh, winning three games in a row. It's been this odd hump that they haven't been able to get over so i'm just highlighting that fact can they make it through this first half of the season and actually get a tiny tiny win streak of three games they can but will they we shall see anyway that's another episode of the Open warriors podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com. And be sure to share this podcast with your fellow Warrior fan friends. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.